I would so like to begin by writing, Now that I am at the end of my life, I leave for those who come after me everything that I learned while I walked the face of this earth. May they make good use of it. Alas, that is not true. I am only twenty-one. My parents gave me love and an education, and I married a woman I love and who loves me in return. However, tomorrow, life will undertake to separate us, and we must each set off in search of our own path, our own destiny, or our own way of facing death. As far as our family is concerned, today is the 14th of July, 1099. For the family of Jacob, the childhood friend with whom I used to play in this city of Jerusalem, it is the year 4859. He always takes great pride in telling me that Judaism is a far older religion than mine. For the worthy Ibn al-Athir, who spent his life trying to record a history that is now coming to a conclusion, the year 492 is about to end. We do not agree about dates or about the best way to worship God, but in every other respect we live together in peace. A week ago, our commanders held a meeting. The French soldiers are infinitely superior and far better equipped than ours. We were given a choice, to abandon the city or fight to the death, because we will certainly be defeated. Most of us decided to stay. The Muslims are at this moment gathered in the Al-Aqsa Mosque, while the Jews choose to assemble their soldiers in Mihrab Dawood, and the Christians, who live in various different quarters, are charged with defending the southern part of the city. Outside, we can already see the siege towers built from the enemy's dismantled ships. Judging from the enemy's movements, we assume that they will attack tomorrow morning spilling our blood in the name of the Pope, the liberation of the city, and the divine will. This evening, in the same square where a millennium ago the Roman governor Pontius Pilate handed Jesus over to the mob to be crucified, a group of men and women of all ages went to see the Greek, whom we all know as the Copt. The Copt is a strange man, as an adolescent, he decided to leave his native city of Athens to go in search of money and adventure. He ended up knocking on the doors of our city, close to starvation. When he was well received, he gradually abandoned the idea of continuing his journey and resolved to stay. He managed to find work in a shoemaker's shop, and just like Ibn al-Athir, he started recording everything he saw and heard for posterity. He did not seek to join any particular religion, and no one tried to persuade him otherwise. As far as he is concerned, we are not in the years 1099 or 4859, much less at the end of 492. The Copt believes only in the present moment, and what he calls Moira, the unknown god, the divine energy, responsible for a single law which, if ever broken, will bring about the end of the world. Alongside the Copt were the patriarchs of the three religions that had settled in Jerusalem. No government official was present during this conversation. 
They were too preoccupied with making the final preparations for a resistance that we believe will prove utterly pointless. Many centuries ago, a man was judged and condemned in this square, the Greek said. On the road to the right, while he was walking toward his death, he passed a group of women. When he saw them weeping, he said, Weep not for me, weep for Jerusalem. He prophesied what is happening now. From tomorrow, harmony will become discord, joy will be replaced by grief, peace will give way to a war that will last into an unimaginably distant future.